Fashion Potluck podcast session. Fashion Potluck is a social media platform where women can consume and create content. My name is Una, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck, and I'm here with Julia, the chief marketing officer at Fashion Potluck. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And our guest for today, Sanit Schoenmaker, uh, the co-founder of a fashion store based in Amsterdam, Perioli. Yes, thank you. Hi, welcome. Um, could you tell us a bit more about Perioli? Uh, yes, well, the idea originated from just my own frustration. Um, I started working when I was, I think, around 20. I was still studying economics at the time and I couldn't find anything to wear. Um, and uh, my mom had been sewing ever since she was five, so she's quite the expert. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we used to have this fabric market in Utrecht, where I was born. And every Saturday we would go there and get fabrics and make things. And I just asked her to make me some things for work because I was really frustrated with what was in stores. Um, and so she did. And a lot of friends were very enthusiastic about it because they had the same problem I did. They started working at quite a young age, but they didn't want to look like eight-year-old grandmas. And they also didn't want to look like they went clubbing, you know? Yeah. So it's hard to find like the mix that it's still feminine. Feminine? Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> but also appropriate for business. Um, and then I noticed that my mom's colleagues would come by and my friend's colleagues would come by and so many women got enthusiastic about this. And I was like, okay, wow, we could do something uh, with this. Um, and at that time, uh, we just let people design something and we would make it. But that's very... When was it? What year? Uh, that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. I think around 2012, okay. 2013. Okay. Uh, so that was like the really early beginning. We yeah. didn't have a company back then. It was just mm -hmm. our hobby, basically. Um, but I quickly noticed that there was a real demand for this. Um, so we started expanding. Um, and at first, uh, we would let people design their own thing and they would pick their own fabric. But it's really hard to design a pattern like for one, to, yeah. for one dress yeah. and only use it for that one dress. Yeah. So at a certain point, I was like, this is too time consuming especially because my mom was working more than full-time at the time at the company she started. Yeah. So it was quite a lot to take on. And uh, we decided on programming our patterns. So okay. instead of hand-drawing them, we programmed them. And the programming of one dress takes quite a lot of time. But once you have the pattern, you can print it in a million sizes. It's just a matter of inserting the sizes and it adjusts the pattern automatically. Do you use a special software for it? Yeah, it's CAD CAM software. So the software already exists, but you have to program your own patterns into okay. it. But can you tell us a bit more, how, how does it happen? How do you actually program something? Um, well, the, how we started was just with a basic uh, dress that was, um, well, essentially a long, um, what do you call it? T-shirt? T-shirt. Yeah, a long oh. T-shirt, basically. And we thought, how difficult can it be? You know, we just mm -hmm. wanted to be form-fitting in a really elastic fabric. So we just... Uh, um, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it, but you draw it on the computer mm -hmm. uh, and you, you connect points. That's basically okay. what you do. So you connect the armpit to the lower armpit, yeah. to the chest, to the bottom of the shirt. Mm -hmm. um, and then you need to tell it, okay, if I insert sizes, what parts do you adjust to what extent? Because if someone's really big, for example, you also need to have bigger sleeves. Yeah, yeah. And the neckline also has to be bigger. So you have to adjust everything in a certain way. Um, and I think it took us about two to three years okay. to get the first decent dress pattern. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's a lot. It, yeah, but it's How really many long. sizes then do you have? Do you have like a specific number of sizes or? We don't have any sizes because okay. we just insert the sizes of the client. Ah, okay. So we, we usually make the samples on my size and mm -hmm. then I test it. 
And then we can see like, okay, it needs to be adjusted there, it needs to be adjusted there, the neckline has to be mm -hmm. deeper or higher, whatever. Um, and then once it's good for me, then we know we can make it for every size basically. Okay. So it's not limited to an XS or an XL yeah. or whatever. We could just yeah. insert someone's sizes. Okay. So when did it uh, start to be your business? Actually? Um, I started it... working on my company full time two years ago mm -hmm. because okay. I did it next to my studies and then next to my work. And then I noticed we got really busy. So that was quite nice. And I was like, okay, now I'm comfortable enough to um, take the leap basically and uh, leave my job. Okay, but do you have then any background in uh, fashion? None you... whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> I uh, In high school I had like quite the um, beta profile, so I did physics and chemistry and uh -huh. mathematics and all that stuff. And then I studied economics, <laughs> um, but I also worked in a clothing store while I was studying. Okay. So I always had like a passion for clothes and fabrics. Um, so in that sense, it was a natural transition for me. But a lot of people are like, "How did you end up in, <laughs> in, yeah, in the fashion yeah. industry?" Yeah. So basically, yeah. Parioli, it wasn't an idea; it just kind of naturally came to, yeah. to be yeah. what it is now. Exactly. Yeah, and to it, solve a problem actually. Of not yeah, exactly. Clothes. It was yeah. a quite an organic process, and of course, at a certain point, you make decisions like, "Okay, how far are we going to take this, mm -hmm. and what are we going to invest?" Because you have to have sewing machines and fabrics and yeah. all yeah. that stuff. Um, so at first we just thought, okay, we'll see where this goes. And when it started to take off, I was like, okay, now I really want to make a business out of this. So that's when, that's when we started to work more, um, according to a plan and all that stuff, okay. more structured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why Barioli? What's, what's the name um, of the name? It's yeah. um, the name of the area I lived in, in Rome. Okay. I did my minor in Rome, so I lived there for a year and I lived in this really nice neighborhood. And uh, Italy and Italian women have always been kind of an inspiration for us because they're always dressed so beautiful and they mm -hmm. take care of how they look. And most of our fabrics are from Italy. Okay. So that's kind of how we came about because so many names are taken. So it was quite difficult yeah, to, to, to choose something. one. Yeah. Uh, and at the beginning, I thought, but it's a difficult name. And especially for Dutch people, they don't know what it means, where it comes mm -hmm. from. But Right now, everyone just knows it and it's fine. Yeah, and it fits the style, really. Yeah. But could you, um, what is your role then in Perioli? What What are your tasks? Well, it's easier to say what my mom and my sister do, and then okay. I do the rest in Italy. Okay. So <laughs> my uh, mom programs the patterns. Okay. So she's really product development. Mm -hmm. That's what she does. Um, and my sister does online marketing and email marketing. So, well, email is online, of course, yeah. but uh, she makes the Facebook advertisements. She does the email marketing, all that stuff. I do everything else. Okay. <laughs> so sales, uh, backend, uh, I design a lot of the things we make. Um, and well, yeah, basically everything else. And you outsource the production? Um, yes, uh, we work with, um, oh, I don't know what the word is in English. Um, people that work by themselves. Like like freelance? Freelancers, exactly, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's really easy because we give them the patterns and the fabrics and they come back with either dresses or suits or whatever mm -hmm. our clients order. Because some weeks I'll have a lot of orders and some weeks it's less busy. And if I have okay, an entire uh, company with seamstresses and they've nothing to do that, be, yeah. it's especially in the beginning, you need to be flexible. Exactly. So yeah. for us, that works really well because we're really flexible and um, I don't have to uh, coach them or whatever. They just mm -hmm. do their thing. They know what to, yeah. They yeah. Know what to do and uh, that gives us a lot of flexibility. And sometimes it's also difficult because if it's really busy, then I don't have enough people to look, oh, how yeah. am I going to do this? Um, but somehow it always works out. Okay, but what would you say, what are the main challenges? challenges you faced, uh, for instance, when you started or right now? 
um, I think one of the main challenges is that we're uh, not experienced in this industry. Mm-hmm. Like my mom studied physics and she worked in an IT company and my sister studied mathematics. Um, so none of us knew anyone in the fashion industry. Okay. We didn't know how anything worked, where you were supposed to get your fabrics, how to deal with suppliers, where to find people that could sell the clothes. Like we started like at zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that was the biggest challenge in the beginning. And I think uh, that you can find, you can sort of figure out yourself and get the hang of eventually. But what was, uh, what was quite difficult was PR and marketing. Mm-hmm. Because um, you see all these companies and, and you know their names, but they have an insane marketing budget. And we didn't have that. We didn't work with an investor. Um, so we put some of our own money to buy machines and all that stuff, but we're basically bootstrapped. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really difficult to um, create brand awareness. And that's, I think, what we're struggling with most is how to get our name across. And this will be a great example uh, yeah. of how we could do such a yeah. thing. So that's why I'm always networking, always trying to find ways to tell people about our brand Mm -hmm. and also make them aware that the fashion industry is a very nasty place and we can do a lot better if you just have a different approach to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have any tips then for women who would like to start their own fashion brand, but uh, for instance, don't have an experience in Um, I think what I underestimated in the beginning is that you can't do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. I try to do everything. I try to do the marketing and the photo shoots and everything. I'm not a photographer. I know very little about marketing. I mean, my sister taught me a lot over the years, mm-hmm. but when we started out, nothing. Yeah. I mean, I studied economics. I had one course of marketing, but that does not prepare you for <laughs> like creating brand awareness for your own brand. Um, so I think my advice would be try to network and try to find people who can do the things that you're not able to do. And it's quite difficult because... A lot of them will want money for it, but maybe you can uh, make them a dress or a suit or whatever it is you're making, bracelets, I don't know, um, and exchange in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to create goodwill, I think, that people want to help you. Yeah. Because if I would have let other people jump PR, for example, earlier, I would have been way further along now. Because mm-hmm. I really saw like, oh, if you know people in PR, that really helps, you know? Because <laughs> yeah. I was calling all of these newspapers and magazines and they laughed at me. Like, you know what it costs to give an interview? I'm like, no, I have no idea. And then they would give me like 20,000. I'm like, uh, that's wow. a little yeah. bit too much for oh, me wow. right now, depending <laughs> yeah. on the magazine, of course. Um, so I tried to get it for free. I just didn't manage. And that's very frustrating. And you feel very alone. And like, why do all the these other companies manage to do this and why can't I? Mm-hmm. So my advice would be find people to help you in areas where you lack expertise. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good advice. Um, let's talk a bit more about the process. So clothes and mm-hmm. perioni are tailor-made. Yes. Um, could you explain us a bit more about the process it takes until the clothes reach the customer? Um, well, what happens now is we have a store in Amsterdam mm-hmm. because we started out as an online concept. Um, but I quickly noticed that women want to feel the fabric, they want to try it on. And what I also noticed, if they come by, then um, they want advice on what looks good on me, what doesn't look good on me. So I would give them a lot of advice and I would also sell more than I would if they would buy one dress online. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided on wanting to have a store. Which is in House in, in, of Artisans. Exactly, yeah. which Bianca um, uh, Bloom uh, created. Um, so what happens now is clients come by, they can try on our collection and then they can tell me, for example, if they're trying on a suit, I want it in this color, I want that many buttons, I want flared uh, pants or tapered pants, whatever you want. And then I show them all the color options and they can pick and I take their measurements. 
uh, and then uh, we create the pattern. That's what my mom does. That's what our algorithm does. So that's really mm -hmm. easy. Well, now not to create, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> the inserting the size yeah. is really yeah. easy. And then we give it to our tailors. Okay. We have the fabrics. So we have all the fabrics on stock, mm -hmm. uh, but none of the clothes because everything is made to order. Yeah. So I just have the fabric, I have the pattern, I give it to a tailor and they make it. And then the client comes in for a fitting session. Mm -hmm. We finalize everything and then I give it back to the tailor and she finishes it and we ship it. So how long is that process then? Uh, three weeks approximately. Okay, okay, nice. Yeah. Uh, could you elaborate a bit more on the sustainable aspect then? Of yeah, I think uh, we're sustainable in a lot of ways because everything is made to order. So one of the main problems in the fashion industry is waste. And we don't have any. Well, of course, we have some because if you use fabric and you have a pattern, then there's little pieces that Bad you can't things, use, yeah. of course, but it's very minimal. Uh, whereas other brands just throw away entire collections after one season. Um, we also don't have seasonal collections mm -hmm. with us. If you bought something three years ago, you can still buy it today. Granted, I still have the same fabric and the color, okay. but I mean that the collection doesn't change. We add new uh, designs, of course. So how many styles do you have right now? Right now, I think about 40. 40, well, that's um, a lot. But for each style, you can pick your own color, your own sleeve yeah. length. So that's there's a lot, lot to customize. But um, so many things that I still wear uh, today, we made four or five years ago. Yeah. Because yeah. we want timeless pieces that you can just keep wearing. And that's also, uh, going back to the sustainability part, I want something you can wear for years, yeah. not weeks. Yeah. And it's all washable, so you don't have to go to the dry cleaners. Everything's made in Holland, so uh, it's like fair labor conditions, and also it's not a lot of transportation. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because and yeah. what about the fabrics? I'm curious, what fabrics do you use? Uh, we use uh, all kinds of fabrics. Some fabrics we get in Italy, and some we get in Holland. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, the least sustainable part about our company is the fabrics, because uh, we don't use recycled materials. I'd love to, but um, what I've seen from the recycled fabrics, it's not to our standards for well, not standards, but we need it to stretch both ways, for example, and it needs to be fluid so we can adjust it to your body shape. And we have a lot of requirements. And um, I right now, I just haven't found a supplier that has the right fabrics for okay. us that are recycled. Mm -hmm. um, and in general, I think fabric is a very difficult thing to make sustainable because it has a very long trajectory. Like you, when they cotton, for example, yeah. you don't use a lot of cotton, but you have the plant where they take out the cotton and then they spin it and they dye it and they weave it. And it's like, it's, there are so process. many steps yeah. in between. And it's really difficult to make sure that every step in that process is fair and sustainable. So yeah. I think the least sustainable part of our, fa uh, our company are the fabrics. And the most sustainable part is that it made to order and uh, no seasonal collections. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the, the afterlife of a product? Can the customer return to you to fix something or to change it a little bit, to customize it further, or you just sell it and yeah? It, it kind of depends because if it's a really good client, for example, that has ordered, I don't know, 10 dresses with mm -hmm. us and she's lost some weight and she wants us to take it in, we'll do that. But we can't do that for every client yeah. because then I would have to include that in the first price I sell it for and I don't want to do that. So I always tell people like, if you lose weight, um, just go to the nearest tailor and have it taken in. And if you lose a lot of weight, then it's more problematic yeah. because then Better we'll have to make some dress. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in general, the clothes are supposed to last you like a couple of years. Okay. And if there's something wrong, we always take it back and either repair it or give someone something new. Okay, mm -hmm. nice. But how, how would you define the style then of Padioli? 
Uh, well, a client of mine recently called it attractive workwear, okay. which I think is quite a good style because we like to make uh, timeless classic pieces mm -hmm. that really emphasize feminine shape, mm -hmm. uh, but are stylish and appropriate for work. Mm -hmm. Okay. So only is only for women then? Yes. Okay. Yes, it's only for women because mm -hmm. men can basically get suits tailor-made everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and for women, it's not as common. Mm -hmm. That's why we started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but let's go back a bit to garments. How can someone know a garment is really good? Um, it's quite difficult because there's so much rubbish in stores today. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing you can look at is the fabric. And inside there's always a fabric label. And I would say that viscose, for example, remains a lot nicer in general uh, when you wash it in the washing machine than cotton. Mm -hmm. Cotton is more inclined to lose uh, color and to lose shine. So it becomes this kind of dull fabric sometimes if you wash it a few times. Whereas viscose usually stays a lot better when you wash it. So that's one of the things you could look into. Uh, also the weight of the fabric. If it's really, really thin, it's easier to stretch out and to um, yeah, get like tears in it and that kind yeah. of stuff. So I would go for like heavier weight fabrics. Um, and in general, I think the price, it's not always a good indicator, but if a t-shirt is five euros, you're pretty sure yeah. it's not going to be really good, you know? Yeah. And you can be pretty sure that it's made by a, a kid. So How about the Parioli then, actually? Mm -hmm. It's a good uh, question. What is the price range for your garments? It depends. Uh, the dresses are between two and four hundred, okay. depending on the fabric, the model, or the design, not the model. <laughs> um, we don't sell our models. Yeah. Um, so the design... Does it depend on the size as well? No. Okay. It's independent of size. And some people tell me, like, uh, yeah, but it's not really fair because someone who's bigger needs more fabric, but we just average yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. It's not when someone's smaller that they get a discount or when someone's bigger they have to pay more. Yeah, I think that's nice. ridiculous. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, okay, but how do you then properly take care of your clothes? Do you have any tips? Um, yes, definitely. I think almost everything you can put in a washing machine mm -hmm. as long as you do, do it on a, um, what do you call it in English? Like a manual program. Okay. Um, like hand wash. Hand wash. Thank yeah. you. Yes, mm -hmm. not a manual program. Hand wash. Yes. And on 30 degrees. And the key to keeping your clothes nice is a soft detergent. Mm -hmm. So the regular detergents are quite aggressive, uh, which is nice because it gets out smells and stains yeah. and everything, but it's not very good for the fabric. And you have, for example, in the Dutch supermarket, you have Robijn, mm -hmm. and that has, a or Woolite, for example, I think is a more international brand. So if you have a detergent for um, a silk and wool, if you use that for almost all of your clothes, mm -hmm. then they last you so much longer. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. that's good to know. I use it for all my clothes, and I use like regular detergent for my towels and my underwear. Okay. And bed linens. Yeah. But yeah. All, like even jeans, I wash with the soft detergent. But uh, how often, for instance, if you buy a, a dress at Perioli, how often would you then wash it? Like I like most of our things are pretty fitted and okay. also they like narrow uh, mm -hmm. arms. So, for example, the shirt I'm wearing, yeah. I wear that one day and then I wash it. Yeah, because I bike around, I walk yeah, around, so I just want it to be clean. So I wash it for thirty minutes on thirty degrees with a okay. soft detergent, and I put it on the hanger, and then you can and wear it the next perfect. day. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you can wash it quite a lot of times because we test all of our fabrics extensively okay. that they don't shrink or all that uh, that you don't want for your fabrics. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, so everything at Periolis uh, fits the size, but uh, could you tell us what are the most common struggles women face when looking for clothes then? I think the most common struggle is, will it fit me? 
mm-hmm. uh, properly and will it suit me? Because a lot of clothes are designed for young catwalk models, mm-hmm. which is nice. But if you're 16 and you're five kilos, then of course yeah. the majority of the clothes will look good on you. But for most women, that's just not the reality. Yeah. And you see that when you go into a store that they have these slip dresses, for example, mm-hmm. were really in fashion with this silky fabric. Yeah, yeah it's lovely, but you see every Everything. little line of yeah. underwear or skin or fat or whatever. So it's not really flattering. Uh, so I think women struggle to find clothes that flatter their figure mm-hmm. uh, and also fit them well, because the two, of course, are linked. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest struggle. And also, I think now uh, quite a lot of women struggle with finding clothes that are either sustainable or fair because uh, the fashion uh, industry is so not transparent Mm -hmm. that you're not sure H&M for example doesn't really have a good name when it comes to labor uh, circumstances but is it really a lot better if you go to uh, I don't know Tommy Hilfiger you don't know that and I think Mm -hmm. that's really difficult about the industry right now that you don't know what's fair and what's not yeah but I think it's also just about finding your own style because everything kind of looks the same and Mm -hmm. even if you're trying to uh, look different it's just very difficult to find a piece of garment yeah yeah, yeah. do you have any tips uh, to women how to find your own style like how to find something that fits you um i think to find something that fits you it's it's quite difficult because if i just look for myself then my style varies through the years like in i still like things i wore four years ago mm-hmm. but now i'm maybe more experimental and maybe in a few years i'm less experimental yeah. so all of that varies um, but I think what really helps is finding a good personal shopper mm. that can help you with developing your own style because it's really, really difficult to do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I always think it's good to have like a fresh pair of eyes yeah. look at you and have someone else tell you, okay, this might suit you very well or that might really work for you because someone else always have a di- has a different perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, which fabrics are then ideal for your body? Is there like a general fabrics that look better or it depends on for instance well i think in general um if you wear wearing something form fitting Mm -hmm. avoid shiny materials okay because if it shines it shows a lot more underwear fat all that stuff it shows so much more Uh, and if you have like a a matte fabric Mm -hmm. or with a pattern such as yourselves (laughs) that's disguises everything so it's much easier to suit your body shape so I okay. think that's uh, that's one of the things. And I would always accentuate uh, what you like about your figure with wearing light colors and what you dislike about your figure with darker colors. Okay. So, for example, if you think my hips are too big or my butt is too big, wear darker jeans or a darker skirt and wear something light on top because attention always goes towards something that's the lightest. Light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you wear something light on top, people will look at your narrow waist, for example, mm-hmm. and not your hips. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, we almost uh, come to the end of the podcast, but I'm curious, uh, do you have some trend predictions for this summer or something that is trendy at Parioli? Um, I don't really look at trends because uh, we try to make something that you can wear for years. Mm-hmm. So we want it to be timeless. But color wise, I do look at trends because um, that just varies a lot and it's fun yeah. to mm-hmm. do that. And I see a lot of the color I'm wearing right now. Like this brick color yeah. is something you see so much right now. Yeah, true, true. Um, and I think that will also last through um, uh, the fall and the winter. Because okay. it's a color you can wear both seasons. So yeah. you basically have like a, a great and basic wardrobe for women. Yeah. Okay, interesting. I actually have a couple of questions regarding um, not the the fashion side, but more like entrepreneurial side of the fashion business. 
So you build a company in the Netherlands, and we are yeah. now in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what do you think is the hardest thing about building a fashion company in the Netherlands? Do you think, or actually in general, um, how do you think the scene is for it? For entrepreneurs in the Netherlands? Fashion entrepreneurs, fashion yeah. entrepreneurs. designers, and um, new brands. That's a difficult question. I think some things here are really easy because it's not that difficult to start your own company, yeah. for example. For example, you can just go to the Chamber of Commerce, you tell them, I want my company, they give you a number and you have a company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that part of it is really isn't that difficult. Um, but I think people here are not very open-minded to new things, okay. not very experimental. I mean, here in Amsterdam, yes, yeah. here you can go crazy. You know, if you walk the streets, people... Yeah, <laughs> they're insane. They wear pink uh, suits uh, and heels when they're uh, guys. It's, it's all yeah, fine. Yeah. And I like that about it. It's very diverse. But the rest of the country, not so much. It's more okay. conservative. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think if you're a fashion entrepreneur and you want to make um, like really creative pieces, it's difficult to sell that here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you go about finding your customers? Um It kind of, um, it started out really natural because all of my friends, my colleagues would come by, my mom's colleagues would come by, my best friend's colleagues would come by. So it's basically word of mouth. It started like yeah, this and that's also how it started. continued. Well, uh, it's in the beginning, it went like sky high. And I was like, why is everyone being so difficult about entrepreneur? Being an entrepreneur is yeah, so easy, you know? It, it just goes by itself. I don't have to yeah. do anything. People just come to me. But that doesn't last forever. Yeah. I've noticed that. <laughs> so at a certain point, I was like, okay, there are a lot of people that are enthusiastic about us, but what now? Because mm-hmm. we've had like our circle of friends, our outer circle of friends and the circle beyond that. But how do you get the rest of the country and eventually the rest of the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the beginning, word of mouth is great. And it still is today because I still get new clients that tell me like, oh, I heard about it from a friend. And that's the easiest because then they already know the brand and they're enthusiastic. Uh, but I really think it's about smart marketing. Okay. Uh-huh. You have to see, like, where uh, can you um, hit your target group? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with Parioli, you said you want to conquer the world? Definitely, <laughs> yes. What are your future plans with Parioli for the next five years? Um, well, I don't really have a five-year plan. Maybe I should, but I don't. <laughs> uh, but I think in long term, I just want to make tailor-made clothes for women accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. And it's never going to be really cheap because I don't want any child labor or people that work insane hours. I want it to be fair, yeah. uh, but I want it to be accessible. And maybe in the future, if I can 3D print everything, we could make it cheaper mm-hmm. so that it's accessible to even more women. So what we're working towards is a 3D scanner app on your phone that oh, you can okay. just, you, need, you would need another person. But I could, for example, take my phone and walk around you and then it would have a 3D avatar of you mm-hmm. and I would have all your sizes. And then you can just order online. Okay. And that's what we're striving towards, to be really online tailors. Nice. Interesting. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then we're not location-bound anymore, so then yeah. you can yeah. just ship worldwide. We yeah. have your sizes, we make it, we ship it. That's okay. what I'm working towards. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's a cool concept. Um, well, we have come down to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much, Sanek. Yes, thank you. Um, uh, we're going to leave all her details and the link to the store uh, in uh, below the podcast. So... Yeah, if you guys have any comments or questions, make sure to leave them below. Yeah, I'll try and answer them if I see any questions popping up. Yeah, perfect. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.